Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrace gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. And that is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Well, hello, good afternoon and welcome, dear listeners. Welcome to the Rico Stadium in Coventry. A plastic tribute to a photocopying firm. It is the epitome of modern football, don't you think? You're listening, of course, to Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart, and this is the number one Millwall podcast broadcasting live-ish. From the home of Coventry City Football Club for the visit of the Lions today. Welcome to the show, listeners, wherever you are around the planet. Achtung, Millwall. Well, I just typed in uh, onto my Twitter feed the, the letters MI to get the Millwall official Twitter feed for today's team news, and it suggests that I check out Mir Khalifa, which is quite a different feed entirely, as you probably, well, some of you may know, not all of you, some of you may know that. Any roads, enough of all that nonsense. Today's big team news, uh, Aidan O'Brien comes in for Lee Gregory up front, otherwise an unchanged line starting 11 from the win last week against Shrewsbury. What do we make of that, listeners? Maybe Lee Gregory's carrying a knock, that's the only reason I can think of to relegate your 23, 24-goal star striker to the bench in favour of a player who, who blows hot and cold. When he's good, he's very good, and when he's bad, he's horrid. So maybe there's more to this than meets the eye, dear listeners. I don't know. What do I know? I'm just your average podcaster, but that's the news. Otherwise, it's Jordan Archer in goal, back line of Beavers, Webster, Joe Martin, and Marlon. Across the midfield, we've got uh, Ben Thompson, had a fantastic game last week, Sean Williams, Shane Ferguson, Chris Taylor on the wings. And then up front, not the dynamic duo, but Steve Morrison certainly and Aidan O'Brien. Let's hope for it's one of Aidan's better days today because some days he's good, some days he's not so good, as we've just said. It's actually quite a nice stadium. It's a plastic bowl, it's a, as I've said already, in disparaging terms as a tribute to modern commercial football, home to Coventry City and also Wasps rugby side, rugby union side. Um, it's basically a bowl of plastic seats with one stand that has a, has a, a tier of its own and looks like some boxes and there's the security uh, offices in the corner of the stadium. I don't mind it, it's all right. They've got a huge, great poster of Jimmy Hill down at the, uh, I think it must be the home end, whether it's being used or not, I don't know. It doesn't look very occupied, this, this uh, late tools to kick off, if it is the home end. Um, otherwise, it looks like the side stands for the home supporters and the a limited amount, of course, controversially so, 
of away seats for the Lions fans at the away end. We've kind of got half of the away end and the, and the bend of the corner, which is where I'm standing, high in the gods, the Olympus of Coventry, looking down on the pitch. Great view. We'll see what the atmosphere is like once the, uh, the teams come out. Main bulk of the Lions fans have yet to arrive. I think they're still fueling themselves up on alcoholic beverages en route, en route to the Rico Stadium as I speak. Now driving up on the way up to up the uh, A14 and the M6 coming in today, I was listening to a couple of podcasts, one of which was a Football League podcast with an interview with uh, Tony Mowbray, Coventry manager, who described this game as uh, with us in terms of uh, a big club. Uh, when we played earlier on the season, when the 4-0 drubbing at the den, he's talking about us with our, with our vast budget and um, not quite our team of Galacticos, but it wasn't far short of us having a big range of players compared with, at the time, Pucky Little Coventry, who had been down in the dumps for some time, whereas we were a relegated championship side. And what a lot of cobblers, I thought. What team of Galacticos do we have, dear listener? That said, I suppose we've got more prospects now in the side than we had back then and, and at that stage. We are a very different side compared to the team that got stuffed 4-0, no David Falding goal, Tony Mowbray, Coventry manager, referring to uh, Mill wanting to take revenge for the 4-0 the drubbing of earlier on in the season, make him right for that much. I always think Tony Mowbray has the kind of uh, funereal air of a, of a North Country undertaker, I always imagine him with a, a black hat with ribbons on it, and a gloomy kind of countenance, walking up a hill with a horse and gun carriage behind him with a coffin on it, that's just the kind of air he gives me, he's a, he's a decent manager in all fairness to him, but... Coventry at the moment are, of course, on a, a slide of form, whereas the Lions are desperate for the three points to maintain our position in the playoff zone. So, all to play for today. Achtung, Millwall. So, yeah, Coventry were 13 points ahead of Mill as recently as January the 2nd, 13 points ahead of us in the league table, but have won just once at this Rico Arena in the whole of 2016. Uh, Harris is guarding against complacency, he tells the news it then. We've come a long way and they were a long way in front of us at Christmas, says Harris. We've gained a lot of momentum and we have points on a good side. But they haven't become a bad team, they still have some excellent players, they're a big club with a big fan base. Not many of them showing here at the moment, Neil, that's for sure. I think one end is actually shut, the home end I would have called it. You can hear there's a fair turnout of Mill fans yet, I think the main bulk are yet to arrive. Harris says we try to adjust and to improve in small steps, and I think we've done that as a group. That doesn't stop. We have to keep on doing it. We have a news for a productive meeting, apparently, in the week with Lewisham Council between the club's management, John Berylson, Andy Ambler, and, and the chap from the uh, community scheme, meeting with the Lewisham Council Cabinet, which is the senior politicians of Lewisham Council. They've been shown round the den, they've been shown the club's plans for the regeneration of our car park and our place to be cut into the deal that's going on. That basically will mean that renewal will still carry on. I'm guessing this is what it'll mean. Anyway, renewal will carry on with the area-wide regeneration. But Millwall are making a pitch and their case strongly to be cut into the deal and be allowed to redevelop that car park, which we are told it will provide essential funding for the future for the club. So well done to uh, John Berylson and to Andy Ambler for setting that case out so well. well. I was listening to Lions Live Radio. Andy was on there. I thought we came over well. It does sound like we have a case. We have a team that are capable of producing the goods on this regeneration front, and that's really all the fans have ever been looking to see. And um, I'm, I'm certainly a lot more confident now that that will come to pass, because the politicians will have one eye on all sorts of things, elections, and their good name, if they do indeed do a deal with an offshore trust, which is what Renewal, uh, certainly offshore owned anyway. Um, I think there's nothing untoward about Renewal, but they are owned offshore, and we all know at the moment there's a bit of a hot potato. So politicians 
very sensitive on such issues. That's the pressure point that we need to, to push up. The club are saying they're hoping that the council will not now push ahead with the compulsory purchase orders in the car park area. So, fingers crossed. Obviously, more news as and when any of us get it. That will go out on the, on the internet as and when anyone will hear any news on that front. But let's keep our collective fingers crossed and keep the pressure on your local councils. They need to know that we are watching. The world is watching. A lot of, lot of press coverage on this. The club has done a really great job in presenting its case and fans have done a fantastic job in pressing the... Uh, the the publicity side on the internet and on the social media, and that's where we need to continue to come from. 1,700 Millwall fans, maximum allowed today. I'm not sure if anyone's getting in cash today. Um, I've asked, been asked the question as to whether everyone got in cash or not. If anyone can tell us after this show goes out, it'd be useful to know that. Um, we have a legal team now, not me anyway. Um, the AMS have a legal team up here today. Mill's probably one of the only uh, clubs in the country that need to travel with lawyers in tow, ready for the uh, infringement of their civil liberties when they get off railway stations, possibly with, possibly without a ticket. It's been a hugely controversial week with the, uh, the British Transport Police making silly statements, the West Midlands Police trying to run a, a police state at Coventry Railway Station I hear on, on the net. So it's as ever. Following the lines away is always, always going to be dramatic. Big thank you to Alison Gurdon, who was on last week's show, incidentally. Um, check the AMS site for any links to her blog. A specialist in football law. Very useful contact to have on our side. Other news, Tony Craig's back on the bench. Having Tony Craig back is a big thing for Millwall, says Matt manager Neil Harris. His, his recovery from fitness has been quite a, quite a long haul for him, obviously the whole season pretty much. But he is on today's bench and is there if needed. One of those players, Tony Craig, where some people had reservations about his playing style, playing ability, but no one, rather like Alan Dunn in some ways, no one can fall to Millwall Hart. That is, that is solid 100%. So anyway, he's on the bench today, having returned at last from that long journey back from injury. And finally, in today's pre-match news, the Millwall boss, Mill Harris, was impressed with non-league goal machine Ashley Madison. Madison was on trial with the club. Scored a goal, I believe, for the under-21s on trial in a week. Sounds a prospect, but what do we know? Mill Harris will be making a decision on him, or making an offer on him, possibly, over the weeks ahead, we guess. But Ashley Madison may be a name for the future now. We might probably need to find out how we actually pronounce his surname. Madison, Madison, Nodison, I don't know. Yeah, Ashley Nadison on the score sheet for the Mill Under-21s in a defeat of Barnsley, 4-2 at Den on Monday afternoon. So you um, can't do any more than score goals, can you? If you are a goal-scoring machine, that comes with your territory, I would suggest. So that's what he's done. That's what he's done. Talking of Den last week, of course, was young Ben Thompson in a fantastic equalising goal that put us back on the road to the straight path. Let's see if he can reproduce that as a really quality player. The goals, I think, was, was it one of the goals, Sky goals of the week? It was to be one of the goals of the season, in my humble opinion, because it was that good. Sound system inside the stadium playing glad all over, which is a curiously Crystal Palace connotation, of course. And in many ways, it has a similar kind of plasticky kind of modern-day feel to uh, a very structured, very corporatised sense of what the football experience should be about. I'm glad all over is entirely fitting for this stadium and this club, it strikes me. Achtung, Mehlball. Mill fans in good voice. You can hear it, dear listener. You can hear it. Some of these boys are fired up. They're psyched. They're pumped. They've been in the boozer. Three o'clock. It's a beautiful sunny day now. The weather coming up here on the, on the car was changeable, to say the least. One minute it was sleet, one minute it was rain. 
Now it's sun, it's quite warm. And it feels cold, take your jacket off, you're freezing your products off. So that kind of day, it's a spring day in the East Midlands. Or is it the West Midlands? I don't know. The, the Midlands, it's set on the Midlands. A little gathering of Coventry's mob, by, separated by a huge sanitised zone of seats between us and them. No chance whatsoever getting anywhere close to them, unless you want to have it outside, I suppose. In which case, there seems to be quite a lot of opportunity walking around this stadium, which of course has a casino, which is barring Mill fans or any fans for that matter, unless you walk in with like, it's like a tenor sticking out your top pocket perhaps, barring you from entrance. So the casino seems to be shut this afternoon. Um, some are going to park in Tesco, do their week shopping over there, and, and park next door, not sure what the way got at. Do your week shopping on the one on the way trip. Others said they've just got themselves absolutely tanked up out their heads. There they are. Here come the sides. Lions wearing all yellow today. Coventry in blue and white stripes. Sky blue and white stripes. Listen to that. That's what you call an away turnout. Illimited. They would have been double that up here, I reckon. If the tickets had been made available, of which we'll also speak of the Gillingham situation, where we've been given 1,100, the bare legal minimum, 10% of their 11,000 seater stadium. So there'll be 1,100 tickets. Demand there will be high, I foresee types getting into the home end, don't you, dear listener? Yep, that's what I thought. The home end, as, as I would have thought of it, is, is shut. We've got the whole end of the stadium shut down. And obviously, that, it, it makes the sides, um, well, they're still sparsely populated. Big stadium, 32,000 Premier League stadium. There's a kind of a desolate car park, late night kind of feel about the home sides, anyway. Not in a meal when, though. Have a listen, that's what it's like. It's throbbing, pulsating. Minimal home atmosphere, dear listener. Other than that produced by the, uh, the PA system, anyway. The atmosphere you can hear is all entirely from the Millwall section. Oh, I forgot they got Joe Cole playing from today. I don't know if he's starting. 14 he is, that's Joe Cole out there starting. That's like sticking some of that West Indian sauce all over your chilli con carne. It's not hot enough. Stick Joe Cole into the mix. Jordan Archer comes down to the away end. Here's your applause. Away we go. Coventry attacking us in the away end. There's an old classic. We are the Millwall boys. I've heard that for a few years. Good to hear that one. Based on the Rangers song, I believe. We are the Billy boys, which has obviously sectarian connotations, of which I don't give a shit, personally. Two and a half minutes into the game, nothing has happened to report as yet. Early Coventry attack coming down the uh, right-hand side of the middle penalty area. Got a chance to cross it in. It comes in deep. I think Jordan, no, it's going to be headed backwards by goal. It's goal kick. Go, headed backwards by Byron Webster. Excuse my lack of accuracy. I'm, I'm high in the gods, the Olympus of Coventry. Up in the clouds of Zeus and Aphrodite. If, that, oh, if only that were true. Not many Aphrodites around here, I can tell you that much, listeners. And as you can hear, your support is fucking shit. Three and a half minutes gone. One slight attack there by, by Coventry of no great note. West Ham cunt. You know who that is, don't you, listeners? I'm going to give you three guesses who that West Ham cunt is. We've got a truly international turnout today. We've got a, a Danish flag here, Fredericksburg, Millwall. And I'm also seeing Espanol and Millwall. I'm going to go over and say some of the, hello to some of these chaps later on. Oh, there's a little attack there as I'm... Admiring our international international support here. Yep, Espanol, RCD de, de Espanol. Barcelona side, obviously, the opposite to Barcelona. Clearly a linkage there with, with Millwall. Millwall fans in, but in Espanol. There's a real break on his Aiden O'Brien. Saved well from close range on an angle. Headed forward by Steve Morrison. 
Shot on goal by Ian O'Brien, saved well by the goalkeeper. Marlon's now in a little clash with Joe Cole. You can hear the reception he's getting every time he gets near anywhere near the ball. The keeping possession is Ben Thompson. He finds Aidan O'Brien. This is Steve Morrison overlapping on the right-hand side. Ball across the box. That's going to go for a corner. Ten minutes. Real second corner of the game. Pressure from the Lions. Near post. Headed away by the Coventry defender. Grace Guy is now over this bowl of a stadium. Roofed all the way round, of course. Coventry on the attack, coming down the, the mill left at the moment. Ruler tries to turn Marlon, who's more than equal to the task. He, he forces it out for a Coventry throwing, just on the level with the edge of the mill penalty area. 12 minutes here, that was momentarily bobbling around. Shot from distance, that's wide of the right-hand post, closer than we might have given it credit, but it was, it was wide of the post nevertheless. 12 minutes, 13 minutes approaches. This is Ben Thompson, running into the centre circle now, 13 minutes. He's been pushed a little bit wide, got minimal support with him. He's had to pause, he's kept possession. That was a run and a half, I'll tell you that much. He finds Aidan LeBron on the right-hand side. He's pulled into the box, trying to find Steve Morrison. Cleared by the Coventry defence. That was a fantastic run by Ben Thompson. The boy is a fucking prodigy. 15th minute of the game. We'll certainly open the bright on the two sides. Coventry have made one or two moments when it comes forwards. As you can hear, derision for Coventry forward who's trying to fall over and win a free kick to the displeasure of the Mill supports. Got nothing for it. Well done, referee. 15 minutes. But as I say, Mill certainly opened up the bright on the two sides so far. Poor play by Coventry. Concedes the ball to Steve Morris on the edge of the penalty area. He's too casual. It falls to Taylor. Shot on goal was blocked. Put over for a corner. Terrible passing by Coventry. Put themselves in trouble there. Morrison was perhaps a touch languid in, in that Morrisonian way of his. Falls to Chris Taylor's shot on goal was blocked, power shot on goal, it's gone beyond for a milk corner. Corner from the left-hand side into the mix, there's one nil! Who's it? Beavers? Webster! Webster, one nil, Millwall! 18 minutes gone, 19 minutes gone! Lines in front! Straight forward corner, headed home by Byron Webster, long way away, I think it was Byron. One nil, Lions lead, deservedly so, deservedly so. With dominated proceedings, and they've looked very, very, very ragged indeed. Mill 1-0 up. Have a listen. E-I-O, E-I-O. There's one happy part of the ground, the rest of it is dead as the fucking Nunhead, Nunhead Cemetery. Is there a cemetery? There's a cemetery at Nunhead, isn't there? There is. Only what more deserve, listeners. We've looked by far a better side going forwards. They've had one or two moves where boats have gone down the, the wings, but it breaks down. They've looked very, very poor indeed. They look like a team bereft of any kind of team spirit. We need to press on and make this count. We can hurt them here today, we can hurt them. Ben Thompson's already setting his stall out for man of the match for me. Another tackle coming in there, it's just as Coventry are building a little move. Not really a move, down the right-hand side. Ben Thompson's tackle came in from five yards away. Killed it, killed the move. What even I might have even been thinking of went straight out of heads. That was Ben Thompson came flying with that tackle already. 22 minutes in. I've got him noted down as a man of the match. The old Lennon McCartney number coming out now. Coventry attacks, a little shot on goal. That's hit the post. That's one all. One all from close range. That's offside. 
He's offside. <laughs> Little back heel flick on goal at the post. Slammed in from close range by the striker. Reisman, the flag is up. Luck is with us. Are the gods with us today? I don't know. Looks like it's so far, dear listener. A little bit too close for comfort there. For, for In truth, in truth, for a gentleman of my age, my disposition, it's a little bit too close for comfort, that goal. But it's disallowed, so, uh, you know, move on, move on. 25 minutes gone. A little bit of um, handbags, Webster's involved. A little bit of pushing and shoving. Player down, clutching his face, trying to win. Red card. Coventry player down, clutching his face. I didn't see the incident. Oh, he's up and right now. He wants to have a fight now. It's all going off in the centre. Fisticuffs. I suppose Ben Thompson's in there, as one would expect. Where's our lawyers? Where's the Football Law Association? I didn't see it, so I can't tell you what happened there. There's a few more pushing and shoving. Someone else is going to go off here. This carries on. Players blood in the middle. Mill standing their ground. Crowd like it. Dramatic turn of events, though, listeners. Mill dominating proceedings now are down to 10. Achtung, Mehlball. Webster gets the back, back head and gets it uh, slightly clear. It's still on the attack, though, still retain possession. Here's the eight. He's the man who's going to earn the uh, ire, the ire of the Mill crowd. And the wanker signs when his chips cross goes off for a goal kick. Like now. Wanker, that's right. Coventry on a break now, coming down the left-hand side. Fantastic tackle by Byron Webster. That killed that move. There was a chance there for to make a break, and Webster's tackle killed it stone dead. Brilliant work by Byron Webster, 33rd minute of the game. Coventry coming forward in waves at the moment. They sense there's a moments of... Uh, Mills still haven't restructured after the sending off. So a little bit of indecision going on right now. Huge aimless clearance there by Aidan O'Brien. That's not the way to go. I think, actually, if we do pick our passes... And unfortunately, with the loss of Williams, much as he gets derided on that, he can pick a pass. But if we can play our ball around, then we still have more than chances. Jimmy Addo coming into the game, who's going to leave it? Ferguson's coming out. Do I have to say it? Yet more fantastic defensive work by Ben Thompson in the 35th minute to make a tackle and get a clearance in that he probably didn't really deserve to do either of. As the 40th minute turns. Passing the ball around Coventry, Mill conceding space as, as is our style. Headed away there by Byron Webster, straight back to the West Ham cunt, Joe Cole, on the edge of the uh, about halfway of the centre circle. They come down the, the right hand side now, Coventry. We're soaking up the pressure at the moment. Not looking terribly great danger, but we are conceding a lot of time and space on the ball to Coventry at the moment. Quality the Coventry crossing today has been appalling. That was a, a terrible call from their perspective, straight to Steve Morrison. On the, on the near six-yard line, and his head's it clear for a throw-in. 43rd minute now. We all need to get through to half-time and regroup. Give me another free kick um, on the 22-yard line. Oh, no, it's not a rugby pitch, is it? It's, it's a football pitch. Got the outline of rugby markings on the pitch here, so it's going to be just outside the left-hand corner, right-hand corner as they attack the penalty area as the 44th minute ticks towards us. Ben Thompson back to the number eight on the, on the right-hand side coming at us incessantly at the moment. All falls to them on the uh, edge of the penalty area. What are they going to do? Shy shot, one would expect. No. Ball into the box. A ball across the mill penalty area there. That's wide. Oh, my gosh. Opportunity for the 16. About two minutes into um, injury time there. That was a real opportunity. Maybe that's why they are where they are at the moment. On the uh, 
left-hand side as they attacked the six-yard box. He had a chance to blast the ball across the middle goal, and he put it well wide of the far post. That was a real opportunity for him. Spurned. Half-time. Coventry nil, Millwall one. Good half for the Lions overall. Obviously, major, major blow with the sending off of Sean Williams for whatever. We don't know. Very hard to tell from this distance what happened there. The uh, Coventry players, we said, went down clutching his face, akin to a man who has been elbowed. I don't know. That's all I'm guessing. As it is, the Lions look the dominant force in that in that first half up until the sending off. Since then, sending off. Since then, we've sat back rather, as we would expect to do. Whilst they come on to us, they are looking a poor side. They're passing the ball around well. They've worked a couple of late chances, but passing well. We need to be on our game defensively in the second half. So there we are. That's a half-time break, dear listeners. We'll be back very, 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 very shortly. Achtung, Mailball. So I'm talking to Richard Richard from Barcelona. And this is Edu. Edu, nice to meet you, Edu, from Barcelona, Espanol. Yeah. Welcome to Achtung Millwall, Richard. (laughs) Say hello to the listeners. Hello, how are you? (laughs) All the way from Barcelona, watch Millwall Coventry. Great to see you, boys. Thanks for coming. Okay, good. Cheers. So that was Richard and Edu from Barcelona, RCD Espanol. Uh, The other other team in Barcelona, of course, famously, not, not Barcelona. Um, two nice boys. They come all the way over from Spain. They was here last week, apparently, to watch uh, watch a uh, Shrewsbury 3-1 win. And they're here at Coventry today, so fair play to them. And we've also got a Fredericksburg from Denmark flag right in front of me. It's an international cosmopolitan mix down the den these days, listeners. My Spanish isn't what it what it used to be. Apart from dos cerveza, por favor, I'm a little bit lost on the old Spanish front. Sorry, no, no tweets for your listeners. No tweets. Can't get much reception inside this... Guantanamo Bay white noise style prison in which we're, we're in prison for the half um, so no tweets but we're just awaiting now the, the team's coming out for the second half just had the uh, an, org- an orgasm of tweets come forward in Mungo maybe the 4G has finally found a route, a route through the roof here or something I don't know just looking at John Kelly's tweet I can't read too many of them out because they come through in one go and I've got to alternate between speaking into the phone and reading the tweets but John Kelly of the uh, news at Dan Southern News conglomerate international news site says that uh, there may be some forward movement of Williams's head on this number eight um, so clearly um, possibility of a headbutt which um, if seen obviously he's going to get done for isn't he so yeah sounds a little bit more um, like the head than the elbow as maybe I, we thought during the course of the first half so yeah Twitter being a complete pain in the backside and I can't be asked to try and retrieve any more of tweets listeners sorry I know it's your favourite part of the show but honestly it's a real hassle inside the stadium to get any any reception whatsoever so we're going to give up on that um, standout performances in the first half I'm going to pick out Ben Thompson I've known him checked in already um, also Byron Webster at the back um, a rock a rock is described by Lions Live Radio in one of the tweets I did see and I make them right a real rock at the back um, one of the stories of the season for me is the transformation of Byron Webster from loser from zero to hero um, he's probably an outsider for player of the season but he's a contender and I think to have said that in itself once upon a time would have been beyond belief here come the teams for the second half we're in for a long second half I fear more of the same that we saw at the end of the first half of incessant Coventry pressure and Millwall hopefully heroic defending let's, let's keep our fingers crossed Lions kick the second half off attacking the away end so we have that at least some comfort as they come at us as we press forwards for a goal another goal will give us a real cushion if we can work it 
Early chance for Coventry there. I missed it on the recording. Apologies. Little snapshot inside the goal ball, um, part, headed back across the mill penalty area. Shot on the right hand side by the Coventry forward wide of the post, as it turns out, in 46 minutes. So there was a moment's hesitation there, and I was switched off. That's unforgivable in a high class quality show of this kind, of this ilk. And I apologise to you profusely. Weather turned a touch colder, a bizarre weather. It was quite warm earlier on, walking up the, uh, the hill from the parking place to the stadium. I thought I could take my jacket off. Now it's, it's turned winter cold. I have to apologise to you, this as I'm a little bit sluggish. I was actually out rocking and rolling at the Muse concert last night at the O2. Fantastic show. I don't know if any of you are Muse fans out there. It was an immensely spectacular show featuring uh, drones, um, inflatables flying around, laser shows, graphics, uh, some fantastic guitar work by the band. Um, so it was a little bit of a late night, and I apologise. I've got a late night um, up this morning. I really wanted to lay in bed on the road for... A, hour and a half, two hour drive to get up here so I'm feeling a little bit on the back foot at the moment sustained only by this one goal lead as the 48th minute approaches so apologies if I'm a little bit um, fuzzy in some of my comments today or lacking in wit and repartee Coventry overlapping run on the left hand side blocked for a corner pressing forward, I'm going to have to expect this for the whole half as we said a few times 50 minutes, Coventry corner left hand side, ball into the box near post, headed behind headed away, sorry the angle deceived me, headed away by Byron. Just thinking aloud here, is there a role for Neil Gregory, the Lee Gregory, to come into the game at some point? Backs to the wall stuff, we're going to be sitting behind him, we're going to be going long ball, and Aidan O'Brien has done okay in the first half and, and, and the start of the second half, but maybe Lee Gregory's more the man for long balls forward running onto the, the long pass. I don't know. I would expect to see him at some stage in the second half. 54 minutes. Sam Ricketts has left the field. The only man named after a disease. And in comes Tudgate. Strange call for the Millwall coach drivers to return to their coaches. Have they been done over or something outside? Are they being sent away? Are the Lions fans being made to walk it back to the station? Who can say this? this? Anything's possible in this crazy police state called Coventry. Chipped cross in from Joe Martin towards Aidan O'Brien. It's bobbing around in the box. O'Brien. Morrison blasts wide from close range. 55 minutes, 56. That was a real chance there. Ball bobbing around. It, was, it had to be caught first time. As Steve Morrison, as it was, he caught it on the volley, put it just wide of the near post. Opportunity for the Lions, 56 minutes. 57 minutes, Mill substitution. Who's this coming in? Looks like Lee Gregory. Coming for Aidan O'Brien, as, 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 I, as I predicted. It's Ed Upson coming in. Not as I predicted. <laughs> it's Ed Upson, number eight. Aidan O'Brien's going out, Upson's coming in. Probably more for his defensive duties, I would guess. I talk some bollocks, I really do listen to this, don't I? I don't know why you listen to this show. <laughs> he looks a bit like Lee Gregory from this. They were so far away, honestly. I need, I need one of um, Lord Nelson's telescopes. Country come down the right-hand side, and as, it, as we predicted, it's pretty much incessant pressure from them. Shot from distance, that's a goal. Decent goal from distance, blasted into the left-hand side of the, of the middle goal. Archer powers the stop at 61 minutes, one each. Coventry Bob want to have it from the safety of uh, about two blocks. A line of tarpaulin, a line of coppers, a line of stewards. They want to have it. John Black. Lines up against it now. Got to come forwards. 
suppose ideally we don't want to get beat today. Chip forward now from uh, Byron, trying to find Steve Morris. That's going to be over a corner. Opportunity for the Lions. The Eaton Boating song comes out. I always find that a strange choice for a club song, the Eaton Boating song. Football's a working class sport tradition, so why you'd sort out a, a theme song for a public school who would look down their nose and say, I don't know. But there we are. Chris Taylor, the corner from the uh, left hand side into the mix, and straight into the arms of 23, a goalkeeper. 63 minutes comes along. Moves straight back onto the attack, it's a very poor pass out by the goalkeeper. Ball into the box. It's gone behind for a corner. Comet cuts defending by Coventry, gives us a second corner a couple of minutes. Cross was probably not good enough from Joe Martin, but as it was, the defending was so poor they put it behind for another corner. Chris Taylor to take. Morecambe willing, willing the ball to go into that net. Here comes a corner. Chris Taylor into the mix, a central goalkeeper takes under pressure from Byron Webster. 63 minutes. Coventry still passing the ball around at will pretty much on the edge of the penalty but Mill clear it there. We're looking a little bit unstructured. There's a ball, I hope this ball falls. Morris is going to have no chance of, of getting hold of it. Just in danger of letting this one slip away from us. We've done well to get to this point. Fantastic number. Chris Taylor finds Marlon overlapping. Marlon's into the box. Just overruns it slightly, tries to back in, tries to do a little bit too much party time. Unlucky, the idea was right, the execution was just wrong. Fantastic on by Chris Taylor. Coventry will attack the nine from the right side, there's a cross the face of the goal, opportunity there for them. Still got the ball on the left-hand side, Marlon's with him. It's going to be on for a goal kick, surely? Goal kick. Coventry will attack, little moments, opportunity, that's 2-1. All over the top of the middle defence, slotted in on the right-hand side by looks like the 28. 2-1 Coventry, 69 minutes. Should yeah. Guy be in the scorer with half-time substitute? 77 minutes, Lions very much under the cross at the moment. The ball's down our end a lot of the game. Um, Coventry still not working any outright chances, but having huge amounts of possession. We're chasing the ball. Not really working anything of any great note. As I'm saying that, the ball's down at this end, but it's uh, recovered by the Coventry defenders. Gregory comes in for the last 11 minutes of the game. Taylor's gone out. Marlon overlapping on the right side, ball into the box. Headed up and away off the line. Ball into the mix. Is Abdu in the centre of the penalty area? It falls to. Bounce is too high for Joe Martin. It's still bobbing around in there. Martin hooks it in. Oh, it's just over the bar. Over the bar. 87 minutes opportunity. Just over the bar there in the end. Two minutes to go. Regular. Plus any injury times. There's Marlon Romeo on the left hand side, I think. He's man. He's probably just over. Oh no, he's overrun it. He's just made the byline. Can't win the corner. It's a little bit of naivety there from Marlon, I felt. They had a moment to get a cross in. Just hesitated and took it a little bit too far. Fantastic by Byron. Wins the ball back. Ball pumps into the area. Goalkeeper fluffs it. This is Ed Upson from distance. What can he do? He shoots. It's off the line. Fuck me, that's gone for a corner. 88 minutes, Lions pressing. Crowd behind them. Joe Martin that takes into the middle. Over the head of Beavers. His premium is pushed. We're going to get nothing out of this, this referee today, dear listener. I'm sorry to say. It's going to be a throw into Coventry. All the middle players are peeling for a push there on Mark Beavers, but they've got nothing. 
defensive error almost between Beavers and Webster almost puts them through on goal. As it is, somehow we recover and win a free kick out of it. Almost a mishap to concede the third goal. As it is, we win a free kick. Opportunity to launch it forward once one more time. Must be approaching the last minute of the game now, listeners. So this will be last chance saloon. Pumped forward by Jordan Archer. Towards Falls to Marlon Romeo. This is Joe Martin. Tipped over. Corner. Tipped over bar. Shot from Joe Martin. Tipped over the bar by the goalkeeper. The stupid Eaton boating song rings around the half-empty Rico. Lee Gregory in the break. Just behind Ed Upson now. One last thrust fall for the Lions. Upson tries to put it into the mix. There's Morrison. And ball, surely. Lions was not giving it. Looks like handball from where I'm standing, listeners. That really will be last chance. There it is. Finishes 2-1. In typically controversial circumstances, the referee's decision turned it in the first half. That's a sending off. It turned it there, really, with a late, late handball. It looked handball from where I'm standing. Morrison is disgusted with the decision of blowing away fans. That looked like a handball. Should have been a penalty. Last moment of the game. It was always going to be a long half of football. In fairness to Coventry, they passed the ball around as they probably would want to to stretch Millwall. They did that. They've got two goals. They probably run out. Winners, as they would say, deservedly so. We were always up against it for the moment. Sean Williams did whatever he did. Got sent off. So there we are. That's the that's the final whistle at the Rico Stadium. Disappointing result in the end for the line. Coventry City 2, Millwall 1. And you can hear the applause the away fans to the Lions effort today. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, huge welcome back to the show to Mark Litchfield. Mark, it's been about two years now, mate, isn't it, since you were last uh, on the show? 18, yeah, 18 months, I think. It was Fulham um, away the last time. 
Uh, unfortunately, today wasn't as great. Uh, no, no. I thought he was going to tell me the exact ca- uh, day countdown, minutes <laughs> and seconds. So good to have you back, Mark. I do appreciate it. Um, yeah. What a disappointing performance, or what a disappointing result. Let's put it a better way. But what a disappointing result that was today. I thought we were in control, nicely in control, up until... Yeah. The turning point of the game, really, which is the sending off of Sean Williams of 28 minutes. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, I didn't really think much of Coventry in the first half until the sending off. Um, obviously, after that, they had the extra man. Uh, and I think that was ultimately the difference. Because in the second half, the, I found the pitch quite... I thought it was very wide. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a very big pitch. And they, they utilised that. Um, I mean, their first goal was... I, I don't know, was it a fluke? Or did he mean that? Or I'm not particularly sure, to be honest. Um, but the second one, yeah, I mean, they, they pass the ball around at will and obviously we were chasing shadows because we they had the extra man and um, unfortunately, yeah, I think ultimately the sending off was the was the changing moment in the game. It was. I mean, I suppose the first point to talk about really was the uh, inclusion or ex- exclusion, I suppose you'd say, of Lee Gregory in the starting eleven. Yeah. Um, and also for some on the net, and I know that, you know, in the light of subsequent events, maybe some will say Sean Williams shouldn't have started. Um, mm. I think that's probably a less clear-cut one, but I, I think certainly the the choice of Aidan O'Brien over Lee Gregory to start was, was for me, bizarre. I, I couldn't... I, I know that uh, Aidan came into the game on against Shrewsbury and played well, yeah. Late, but to, to to drop a twenty three, twenty four goal striker, proven material uh, in League One level, I just I just found it a bizarre decision. Um, yeah, I mean, I found it a little bit um, on the the strange side, but I was reading uh, Toby Porter actually in the South London Press uh, yesterday, and he said that Harris said to him that Lee Gregory's been playing with a knock for a while. Uh, I don't know how long. Right. Um, so whether that's taken its toll and that's you know that's played a part in it because obviously we play Tuesday night as well. Uh, yes. Fleetwood. Yes. Maybe that was a part of it, but um, well, the, yeah, it was. It was a strange one. The knock theory was the only thing I could think of I mean, as I was walking down the road checking the team lineups before the game and seeing the the uh, the uh, the starting of, of O'Brien. The only that was the only thing I could think of that would justify yeah. dropping him. And I, I I I take the point that we're playing against uh, playing again on Tuesday night against Fleetwood. Yeah. So there's an element of um, rotation or whatever you want where you want to put it, but. But for me, you start your best, strongest eleven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in, in, what is it, you know, we, we could have really used the win there today. Would have, con- you know, as it turned out, other results went our way. But that would have been a massive three points if we pulled that off. It would have been, yeah. I mean, in fact, I'm actually got Sky Sports News on the team. I've just seen that their first goal was one goal of the day. Um, so I'll take back what I said about it might have been a fluke. He did mean it, and it was actually quite a good strike. Um, so yeah, that's one goal of the day. So, um, but yeah, it would have been an important three points. But you know, we're still there. We're still in the top six. Yes, uh, there's it's... only four games to go now. So, I think I know we're only three points in front of Barnsley. But I think barring a miracle, I think I think we're going to be there. I suppose there's an argument that one decent result. I mean, hopefully Fleetwood will be this de- decent result, and that yeah. will pretty much consolidate playoff football. Which you know, we we say it week in and week out on this show, Mark. We, back in August, you know, we would have bitten anyone's um, arm off that would have promised us playoff football at the end of the season. So it's a bit churlish to to get too um, picky over these things. But today just felt like um, three points wasted, really squandered. Yeah, it, it did. Yeah, I mean, as I said, we were comfortable at one 0 I thought. Um, up until the sending off, um, and even, I mean, even at two one, we still had chances to get back in the game. I think. From yeah. Joe, Joe Martin had a go. Uh, Ed Upson had a go. Um, so it wasn't if you know we was totally out of it at two one. We were still in it. Just unfortunately, we couldn't get what I thought personally would have been a deserved draw. 
A draw would have, I mean, in, in the light of events. I mean, I, I suppose we, we've said already it's the turning point of the game, so we've got to come on now to Sean Williams and his um, and his sending off in the, in the heat of of real time. I must admit, I lost track of who was doing what to whom. Um, I followed play a little bit, so my, my eye was drawn away to where the ball was. And I'm guessing, and I, maybe you can shed some light on this because I've only got the internet to go by, that there was an incident, I'm guessing, off the ball between Williams, as it turned out, and, and one of the Coventry players. Yeah, well, what I, what I can remember from memory um, is that the, uh, is it Lemires or something like that? We there? never do, we don't do names, don't do names on this show. It's, it's, <laughs> it's number eight. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the other bloke, yeah. Um, he, uh, I think he stopped Williams, like he walked across Williams as he went to take the free kick. Right. Or something like that. Um, obviously, Williams didn't like that. May have said something. So the commentary bloke turns around, sort of goes towards him, squares up to him. Okay. Um, I think he threw the ball at Williams as well. Right. Um, There's provocation going on. Yeah, which obviously, you know, if it happens to you, you, you wouldn't like that. Mm. So Williams has gone up to him, supposedly or allegedly, um, put his head in towards him, head butted him, and obviously the referee's got the, the red card straight out, and off he goes. Yeah. I mean, I. I suppose one thing that struck me, both in, in that incident and then in the following way that um, uh, Coventry City played the ball around and passed the ball and stretched us so well, you, you've got to take your hat off to a canny old operator like Tony Mowbray, who's been around the track many, many times. That was almost a, a classic um, winning advantage. They have a man advantage, and they really did pass us pass us to pieces in, by the end of the second half. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did. They, they played well with the um, they did the extra man, and as I said, ultimately, I think that was you know the difference between them not really doing anything at one nil up to all of a sudden you know being in the ascendancy and, and winning the game. I mean, I thought they were a poor side. The quality of their ball in their final ball into the box was relentlessly poor over the course of the whole mm. game. Mark, I would say. I mean, they never yeah. really improved on that. They they got a spectacular equaliser. I mean, if it's one goal of the, of the day, then I, I, I can't deny that. It looked good in real time. Yeah. I mean, I've just seen it back for the first time. It, it was a quality strike, to be fair to him. Um, it wasn't any fluke, so no. well, a well-worthy winner. And, I, you know, in, in all fairness, for the the, um, the second, the winning goal, Tudgay, I think it was, I, I saw it on the replay in, in the stadium. I only just realised I had a replay in the stadium when, um, for the time we, we lost the match. Um, and that looked like a fairly well-taken finish from you know, quite a tight angle, in all fairness to him. So, if not a goal of the day, it was a, it was a well-worked goal to, to beat us. Yeah, I think I think there was a little, just split-second indecision between Archer and um, I think it was Mark Beavers yeah. uh, as well that let him in. Um, but yeah, they, they worked it well. I mean, so overall, I mean, yeah, a disappointing loss. It, it, it felt gutty walking away from the stadium on the, you know, on, on on the strength of what was actually quite a bright opening half an hour. I thought we we looked yeah. pretty good in that opening period. Um, the loss of Williams, I, I don't know what that what that says really. I mean, if there is provocation, then clearly no one's no one's a saint and everyone's gonna react. But to to impose an hour's football on your side down to 10 men was he'd expect some form of punishment for that he has to I, I, I can't see how the club can just you know I would expect him to be fined for that as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a response well apparently he's apologised uh, in the dressing room to the team that don't help not that, yeah exactly not that, it, not that it means anything now you know but, um, I, I can't remember when he when else he did get sent off off the top of my head but apparently that is his second red of the season um, which will mean uh, I think it's a five-game ban. Is it? Now, obviously, we've only got four games left this season, so if we don't make the playoffs... That could be a season, couldn't it? Yeah. yeah, that carries on into next season. But if we do, 
Um, then he'll also miss the first leg of the semi-final. He's a strange player, Williams. I, I find him quite an enigma in many respects because um, there was a period he was sent off when he first arrived. He started off very, very well when he first arrived at the club and he was sent off, yeah. I believe, and then totally lost form thereafter. He became almost a, a different player. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Jekyll and he's a Hyde in some ways. He's, he, I think when he's good, he's very, very good. And, you know, yeah, I agree. The passing ability shows. I can see why Neil Harris picks him uh, and he gets a lot of flack for it online and, you know, there's, mm. there's, the internet juries are always um, quick to condemn. But anyone with a football brain can see why he gets picked, Sean Williams. But there is a piece missing from the jigsaw there. There's there's something. There's there's, there's an extra dimension. I suppose that's why he's playing in League One, Mark. He, if if he Poss- yeah, possibly if, if he so. didn't have that, he'd be playing at a higher level, wouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, I I actually I quite rate the bloke to be honest. I quite like him as a footballer. Um, but he does seem to have you know this this little streak inside him where he'll you know like today. Yeah. Or I think he got sent off. Um, I think it was Bournemouth last season where he stamped on one of their blokes just, you know, yeah. out of nowhere, basically. Um, so he's, he's got that side to him, but he's also got the side, yeah, where he can, I mean, uh, the goal against Burton, for example, the party put through to, to Lee Gregory. Yeah, um, quality ball, absolutely yeah, quality ball. it's effortless, you know, yeah. it's effortless. He just did it, and that was it. It turned into a goal seconds later. But, yeah, he, yeah, Jacqueline Hyde is a good way to... To describe him, I suppose, but I do, I do rate him. But he, don't, he does frustrate me sometimes. Well, today's a classic example because as he's left the field, effectively, our any attempt we're going to make to pass the ball, particularly, is going to go out the window. We're then yeah. sitting behind the ball. I mean, I, I thought it was always going to be an ambitious target to sit behind the ball for sixty minutes yeah. and and hit it long because effectively that's what what you know what we were doing. Um, I probably would have brought Lee Gregory on in, in all fairness if we were going to hit it long I would have had him on for more of the game but um, again he, he only came in for the last 10 minutes of the game I thought he he made an impact when he came into it late yeah we we did say in the um, it's sort of in the second half after I think it was at 1-1 actually uh, you know it's the conundrum do you go for it or yeah. do you you know do you sit back on 1-1 um, <clears throat> personally I would have probably took the point at 1-1 but obviously we went 2-1 down shortly after so you know, we said that, you know, he's going to have to bring him on. He's going to have to go for it. Um, you'd rather, I think you'd rather probably lose 4-5-1 and give it a go than, yeah. than lose 2-1 and just sort of, you know, sit back and, and hope for the best. Um, but yeah, I thought he would have come on a little bit earlier. Um, I didn't personally agree with him taking Chris Taylor off. No, uh, no, that was another one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I would have, I mean, obviously you would have left yourself short with the back, but you've got no choice. You know, I would have, I would have taken off Joe Martin personally. Um, sort of put Beavers out on the left. Um, Webster in the middle, right on the right, and just gone three at the back and and gone for it. You know, if we if we would have maybe conceded a couple more, then that's that's the, that's the chance you've got to take. I suppose all these things are learning curves for Neil Harris. I mean, we we do tend to forget he's still only in his first season as, as full full yeah. manager of the club, and um, mm. you know, if we if we if we want to celebrate the good, we're going to have to also take on the chin the mistakes because that's what any yeah, quite right. Any of us would make in that in that role. I mean, just reading the the quotes to the BBC after the game, obviously mentions the sending off being a big blow, um, but he does refer to the spirit show by the side, and I thought it was a spirited effort, really. I mean, we were always going to be up against it with ten for sixty minutes, um, but we, you know, <laughs> it took two quality goals to beat us today, and I know that's it's, it's a harsh medicine on the, on the back of a, of a of a loss like that, but it's 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 the truth. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, the effort was there. Um, yeah, I think the effort's been there all all season, really, Nick. You know, we're not. I don't think there's been any games, sort of, you know, bar the catastrophe at the beginning of the season where you walked out and thought, yeah, they didn't try it. It's like Holloway never left, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, maybe maybe the Scunthorpe game at home. 
you know, we didn't. No, we, we didn't. We didn't, total, we didn't show ourselves our best there. No, yeah, no. it was just a total fuck up from beginning to end, really, wasn't it? But um, yeah, the effort was there again today. As I said, even at two one, right at the end, we were still giving it a go. You know, still trying to get the equaliser. Unfortunately, it didn't come. But oh, no, no lack of effort at all. Not, no not, chances. Not all. Chances in those last few minutes. I, I'm remembering one shot from uh, Morrison that went um, by the post, a, a volley, and then all, yeah. on the on the death of the game at the last whistle, a handball shot, which looked good from where I was sitting. I had the angle um, on the curve of that stand there, and I was looking down. It looked like a a handball, but we weren't going to get much change out of that referee today, I don't think. So <laughs> no, yeah, you know, we keep saying that, but that was that was. That that was the truth of it today. So, no, we, we, we pressed forwards. I, mean, I suppose the only thing you'd say is we sat behind the ball a little bit too much, given the circumstances, but hindsight, isn't it? Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, obviously, yeah. It's a wonderful thing. So, Fleet, Fleetwood, Tuesday night. Um, we have to be looking for a win there, Mark, I think, don't we? Yeah, um, I mean, one thing, again, you know, that say about the efforts there all the time, one thing I will say is every time we've had a defeat like this or, you know, Harris has questioned the players, they've always bounced back. Yeah, I um, agree with that. Next, yeah, they've always bounced back in the next game and, and done something. You know, as I said about the Scunthorpe game, it was Peterborough after that, and that was you know that was a fantastic performance um, in that three 0 win. So, um, yeah, I mean Fleetwood have you know they're fighting for their lives at the bottom as well. Um, so it's not it's not going to be easy. You know, they're not going to come here and, and just you know resign to a no, defeat from no, the beginning no, of the no. game. Um, but yeah, I think we can I think we can bounce back Tuesday. Um, it's it's amazing now how the home form is brilliant, yet we can't win a game away. No, we've, we've turned it around completely. Turned our season yeah. around literally. Who would you pick as your man in a match today from the mirror perspective, Mark? Uh, I'd probably go with Ben Thompson again. In all honesty, I think I'd I agree think with you. Yeah, yeah. I think he he makes things tick. Um, he's just, he's just amazing, isn't he? Really, he's just you know. I said to my mate today, I said, how would you feel if you're you know you're playing for the club you support? But not only that, it's coming well, and you're one of their star players as well. You're one of their most vital players. He, he must be over the moon. And must obviously, after fantastic. that goal last Saturday as well. Yeah. For some of the runs he makes, though, this is where I'm, it's, it's, it's fascinating to watch it because he's a young kid. But he made a run today. It was in the second half when we were under the cosh a little bit and we were being passed to death. And he just took the ball and ran. And it just took the pressure off of the, you know, it, it, it was holding the ball, moving forwards, causing suddenly the direction of play was in the opposite way to where Coventry wanted it to go. It took the pressure off of his own side. It's, it's a maturity that is, you know, still mixed up with the, um, the, the youthful side, but he's got a maturity that belies his years, I think. I think it's a real pros- yeah. prospect for the, yeah. for the future. I really do. Absolutely. I mean, there was, um, you know, there's some, he's still got that, um, what's the word? He's still got that sort of hot streak in him. We were going for a tackle, he'd be committed with it. Um, and he obviously, I thought today after the sending off, I thought if anyone is, is going to follow him, follow Williams, it's probably going to be Ben Thompson because he'll launch himself into a tackle, and with that referee, he'll probably send him off as well. <laughs> but he's also got, yeah, he's also got the maturity to, uh, to him, as you said. Um, I think he's come on leaps and bounds even in the last. What's he been in the side six weeks, two months, something, something like, like that. that, something like that. As a, but now yeah. he's, he's the first pick now, isn't he? You wouldn't wouldn't start oh, start yeah, that number eleven without him. I, the, the other thing I just I suppose just occurs to me as we're talking about the two players, Sean Williams and Ben Thompson. I mean, both uh, you know Ben Thompson has a commitment, but he doesn't have a spiteful streak. It's it's a robustness. It's not it's not the silliness that we saw today from Williams. It's, it's, it's a, there's a big difference between the two, isn't there? Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, as I say, Thompson is committed, but. You know, I don't think you'll ever see him sort of launch himself off the floor with two feet and, you know, go into, no. you know, try and intentionally hurt a man or headbutt someone or kick someone or whatever. I don't think that's in his game, you know. 
One other player I just want to mention before we close out, uh, Mark, is, is Byron, Byron Webster. I've, um, a couple of times today I mentioned I was doing my usual um, live piece and Byron Webster, fantastic tackle. Byron Webster committed there. I think he's another player. He's, he's a sub-story. I don't think he's going to win player of the year, but it's a fantastic backstory for the season to see see that guy develop from where he was to where he is now. Yeah, well, if there was, if there was a vote for the most improved player of the year, I think he'd win it by miles. Certainly. miles. Yeah. I mean, my my dad's actually given him his vote for Player of the Year. Does he? Um, yeah, I mean, Surprise. personally, he's in my top three or four. I think, you know, it'd be between uh, Jordan Archer, Webster, Gregory Morrison. I think that's the four. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go with that, yeah. Yeah, one of them's going to win it. Um, it. I mean, personally, I've given my vote to Morrison. I mean, as a, as a captain, he's played that role perfectly. Um, <clears throat> and obviously his goals as well, 16 goals. Yeah, in uh, a company, companies, um, Gregory's twenty three, twenty four, wherever it is. Um, I think he's been superb. But Webster, yeah, I mean, he's just he's just come on leaps and bounds. We said today, if Holloway was still here, he'd, Webster would probably be at Yeovil now. He'd be having a nervous breakdown at Yeovil, yeah. he- heading towards the National League football. Mark. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I think it's fantastic. We got the, to have this selection. I mean, I I wouldn't argue with Steve Morrison if he was the if he was the the vote. Um, I think many, many people are going with Jordan Archer, and I won't argue with that choice either. My choice, Lee Gregory. I don't think many would argue with me if it was Lee Gregory. You know, it's, it's just no. fa- fantastic to have this range and Byron as a as a kind of everyone's second choice almost. It's 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 been yeah. a fantastic season, unexpectedly so. Really, when when you wind well, back to August, it's about time we talk about you know more than one player for Player of the Year, and uh, you know we come away disappointed with one defeat rather than it being the norm. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, there was, we was having a discussion the other week about um, Gregory's only got twenty four goals. You know, obviously some of the chances. Only. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know, he's only got twenty four goals. When was the last time we were, we was able to say that about someone? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's it's a it's a nice um, position to be in. I mean, even if we don't, I mean, it'd be very disappointing not to make the playoffs now, obviously. But even if we don't win them. Um, I think it looks pretty good for the future, to be honest, and next year. Well, we were saying last week on on one of the shows, um, even if we, whether we make the playoffs, even if we don't get through the playoffs, which are always a lottery in, in many respects, you know, um, yeah. next season, the, the division, the, the way it's going to look, the prospects for our squad, is it, you can just look forward to a season, whereas, you know, in previous years, recent years, we've not looked forward to, to the start of the, of the campaign in August. And then with that yeah. division and that squad, yes, you can look forward to it. I mean, next season you're going to have Bolton. Um, I think you're going to have Charlton. Mil- Milton Keynes, Northampton, Oxford. You're going to have a few southern sides in that league. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, but easier for, obviously, for travelling fans. We uh, won't have to trek three or four hours up north somewhere as much as we we have done this season. Well, that would be something, um, wouldn't it? You know, um, there's even an out- outside chance of Portsmouth or even Wimbledon, in, I think, in League Two's um, yeah, playoff zone. So, And you've got, um, I mean, I know they're obviously down in the... Uh, in the west, but you've got Plymouth as well. Yeah, um, there's plenty. Yeah, there's plenty of southern sides coming up. So next season, even if we're not in the championship, you'd rather be there, obviously. But if we're not, you know, it's it's, it's looking good. It's definitely looking good. It's cheered me up no end talking to you, Mark. <laughs> someone, someone said to me the other day. They said I've said I was coming on your show. Yeah, and uh, they said to me, "Oh, finally," I said, "You're finally getting an optimist on there." And I thought, well, I, I tried to be an optimist, you know, but it ain't been easy the last few years <laughs> trying to be an optimist. I've uh, writing my, you know, writing my blogs as well and everything. Yeah, it's been hard to try and, you know, to try and be positive and to try and think about positive things to write, but. This season, it's been a joy, obviously. You know, so it's it's nice to finally 
having the optimism shared by other people because it, it's been a it's been a tough three years before that. Let me tell you that. <laughs> read, read out your blog address, Mark. Come on, let's give it a bit of a bit of a bump on the show. What's your blog address, mate? Web address. Uh, well, I mean, you've got my website, which is uh, marklitchfieldblog.wordpress.com. Yep. Um, or you've got, I mean, I, I, people may know that listening to it, but I write for news at then. You'll see some of the stuff on there. We've got a little four-man team going on. We've got uh, John Kelly, obviously, as everybody knows. Yep. Um, you've got myself. You've got Jay Taylor. Yep. As well, a few people might know about, and also Josh French, who yep, people know may that. know more as Shed Creative. Yes, um, seen that name. Yep. Designed that kit that looks like the Lewisham kit. <laughs> uh, I like that. I, I like that. I, I, that was one of the, one of the, um, the away kits we're talking about, aren't we? That's one, one that yeah. caught my eye. I thought, well, that's, that's actually quite a nice one. It's a nice retro-looking um, diagonal yellow striped shirt, and I thought that, that was actually quite a nice one. So, well done. Yeah, it's, it's a nice one. I like that one. So, yeah, so we've got a little four-man team on there, so... I mean, I do sort of John provides the news, obviously. So yeah. I do sort of the the novelty stuff. You know, I like to I do player profiles and I'm doing something at the moment called the A to Z of Millwall, um, which obviously whatever the letter is, I do something to do with Millwall yeah. with that letter. So it's been been V for victory uh, this week. So it's been Millwall's record over Palace, Charlton, and West Ham. Nice one. You know, all their all their rivals. Um, so yeah, so not literal blog dot News at Den, and then obviously follow me on Twitter as well, where you'll, you'll get everything, which is uh, at I am the Lich. Nice one, good stuff it is too, Mark. Well done to you, mate. Um, okay, cheers, mate. No worries. We won't, we won't leave it two years next time. Come back on the show, mate. I've, en- <laughs> I, I, I've enjoyed enjoyed it a lot. Thanks for coming on tonight, mate. I appreciated it. All right, cheers, mate. Take care, Mark. Speak soon, mate. Sunday morning nightmare. Well, I suppose it is after that result. This, of course, dear listener, is our section where we review the online comment post-loss to Coventry City. First up, we have one from Victor Mel Drew on the House of Fun, referring to Coventry Police, Old Bill, and their proper overkill, and the fact that, yes, they were checking for match tickets at the station. As you left the station coming up on trains from London, they really were checking to see if you have a match ticket and turning you around if you weren't, sending you out of town. Source of a huge amount of controversy online, and we, of course, had help and assistance from lawyers and the Football Law Association regarding this issue. That's modern football. That's what you get when you have draconian laws that allow police officers to turn you away from a city based purely, almost certainly, on your look, appearance, and manners and accents. And that's what you get. So, sad but true. Wall 87 says a few lads came unstuck, a few more lads Came unstuck, sad to hear, past a, a shithole social club and pub. A lot of slags poured outside, giving it to free wall on their own. Um, sounds like the lads took a bit of a, a pacing, but they didn't run. Elbows posting on the House of Fun reckons that Everton are after Archer, according to the Sun. So Elbows doesn't reckon it. The Sun reckon it. El- Everton looking at our Jordan Archer. Uh, surely that's bollocks, says John H. in return, in riposte. What would he get there? Two or three League Cup games a season? Hardly perfect for his development, John says. Uh, he'd be more worried if it was a half-decent championship side that was interested in Archer. We will get interest in these players, chaps. That's the way it works. We have one or two highly um, sellable players. And if we remain in League One, then it will be very, very difficult indeed to keep a grip on them. Bard Wall reckons if he has another great season, we won't 
be able to keep him. I think you're right there, Bard. So he says, let's sell him, let's sell Archer to Everton now for 20 million. 20 million. I don't know where the fees come from, but with an agreement to loan him back for next season, which is pretty much what any other club would manage to negotiate, says Bard Wall. Alternatively, we could just sell him to Crystal Palace in January for 400,000 with Spurs getting 250 knock on selling fee. Sarcastically put. One or two references to other improved contracts knocking around, Lee Gregory being one. Um, rumours doing the rounds. Agents get to hear these rumours, so clearly Archer will be looking for a higher payday from Mill Football Club, especially in the light of David Ford, allegedly, who knows, allegedly being paid large sums per week for what we're getting out of him now, which is uh, a backup goalkeeper, effectively. Lord Kitchener asks Neil Harris, when will he learn? We're down to 10 men, and you take off your left-sided midfielder, says the Lord K. Then you realise you've fucked up. You take off the player who should have been hooked in the first place and replace him with the non-entity that is Ed Upson. Why the fuck would you leave your top scorer out of the starting lineup in a must-win game? Williams, fuck off. You may have cost us promotion with that fucking stupidity. The good thing is we don't have to put up with a cunt for five games. Harsh, harsh sentiments there. I mean, I've left in all of the, the fucks and the C words and everything there for your delectation because this is a Millwall show. And you would expect nothing else, listeners, would you? You expect it as it said. In reply to Disco Biscuits, says a young, massively inexperienced manager has us in the playoffs of League One by blooding youth and spending very little. I don't know when he will learn. I think that's meant sarcastically back at the Lord K uh, by the Disco Biscuit. He is a young and inexperienced manager. I think, as we said to, as I said to Mark in the in the previous piece, we tend to forget he's only in his first year of full-scale management. Some of the decision-making some of the tactical errors that we saw yesterday must come down to uh, a man in his first year at this level. And um, expectations of the Mill fans are traditionally um, very, very high, aren't they? Um, so, yeah, we will get this, uh, errors and lapses of judgment by Neil Harris. That comes with part, part of the deal, I think, alongside a very young squad. I'm not sure what Sean Williams' excuse is for his decision-making process yesterday. Over on Twitter, as Mark said rightly, Sky Sports News HQ posts that Coventry's John Fleck, I think I called him John Black in the live piece, John Fleck won the goal of the day for his brilliant strike against the Lions yesterday. News at Denf um, readers voted Byron Webb's the man of the match in yesterday's defeat at Coventry. I won't argue with Byron, I thought he did well. He did a couple of times during the course of proceedings we mentioned his name and man of the match does me fine I would have taken Ben Thompson but Byron Webster no arguments from me Alistair Campbell the former uh, press officer Tony Blair in the previous Labour government says a train ride with Millwall fans and the hope it gave me for the EU debate uh, that's a blog that he's published I'm not going to read that I can't be asked with that can't be asked with that the EU Brexit debate he's probably just going to take the piss or something I'll, I'll have a read of it later can't be asked now Final word on the Sean Williams sending off comes from Mill Halfway Line on Twitter, who says, Being real wall is not about being hard. It's about having a glint in your eye and never say die attitude. Sorry, Williams, you haven't got it, says Mill Halfway Line. And I think that's probably the best point upon which to leave today's show. Big thank you to Mark Litchfield. Big thank you to you for listening to listeners. Wherever you are on this planet, have a good week. Achtung Millwall. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Achtung Millwall, which is the CBL Magazine podcast. If you're enjoying this or any of our other shows, why not support us by picking up a copy next time you're at the Den? Mm-hmm.
CBL magazine costs just two quid and it's packed with some great Millwall writing. Thank you for buying the magazine, thank you for your support and thank you for listening to Achtung Millwall. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.